everyone. Welcome back. It's been a few weeks again. It's been a few months. Has it? Really? Maybe like a month? A month and a half. Yeah. Maybe two months. Two yeah. Two months, I think. We've been busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how have you been? What have you been busy with? Oh my gosh, I've been busy just flying, <laughs> being on a plane. I was, I think, last time we recorded, it was before I went back to Hong Kong. Yeah,、um, yeah, it was before. So I went back to Hong Kong for a month, and it was really nice being home. Wait, did I already go back? No. 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 Yes, yes. I was anticipating going back because I remember I was saying how like every time you go back. You realize these new things about yourself because so much changes within that time frame of you going back. I feel like, weirdly, this trip for me was very、um, empowering in a sense because I feel like I broke a lot of my old habits, and because I was actually doing therapy, like my U.S. therapy when I was in Hong Kong,、um, which was the first time I've ever done that. Because in the past, I would always pause it. So I feel like it was very beneficial for me to be able to do therapy when I was in Hong Kong and like talk through my experiences in the moment rather than like coming back and recapping it. So I feel like I did a lot of thinking. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, and I feel like it、mm-hmm. was hard in the moment, but it was a very productive trip. I think,、um, and I just—I mean, every time I go back, I feel like I'm not going to be busy because. I don't have like I'm not working in the summer, and then I'm. It's not like I have a part-time job when I'm home, and I'm just kind of you know with my family. But I always end up really busy because we have all these appointments and all these like family obligations, and、yeah. you know going out, seeing friends and stuff. So I underestimate like what I'm actually gonna be doing whenever I go home. But it was really good, and. And then I went to Paris. In well, I came back from Hong Kong, and then I went to Paris. T- three days after I came back to LA, so I went with my boyfriend, and we were there for eleven days, and it was fun.、Mm-hmm. But it was really rainy and cold, and we were not prepared for the weather.、Um, mm-hmm. But it was really nice to just explore and like be chill about exploring because we planned like day trips to go to like、yeah. further little cities in France, but we didn't end up doing it because it would just be too much of a rush, and we didn't want to,、mm. you know, we just want to enjoy the city and like we would revisit、mm-hmm. like certain areas multiple times, which you, pro- you usually I feel like don't get to do when you're exploring a big city. In limited time, which is a lot of traveling, get the traveling in before the school year starts for the children. But yeah, and then I've just been working, and I feel like it's weird, like coming back after a trip and adjusting. I feel like nobody, nobody ever talks about that part. You know, everyone's <laughs> always focused on the travel, but you don't realize how it puts you off balance a little bit. And it took me a while to like get back. And settle in a little bit, be- just because I've been to two places, I think also.、Um, mm. So yeah, I'm just back in my my routine now, which is actually nice. And I think I'm ready to just begin the school year, as in you know work year, whatever.、Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's me. I can't、yeah. believe so much happened. <laughs> I know so much happened. Yeah, I'm proud of you. For you know, reflecting and growing when you're、mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, I think it's really not easy to put that work in. It's hard. It's just like things that you bottle down since you know you were what? How old were we? Like fourteen? No, we were sixteen. Like since we were sixteen and just navigating. I think navigating adult relationships with parents as well has been challenging for、mm. me. And being away and feeling bad about that, and you know, like I always say, every time I leave, I get really sad to say bye to them. And I think part of that is because I feel guilty of not being with them and not being able to,、mm-hmm. like, spend as much time with them as I would like to. And it just doesn't get easier. I feel like, and at, at the airport, I had a realization of like, oh my god, I've been doing this for ten years. Like it's it's been ten years since. Almost ten. It's、years. been ten years. It's been nine years. Oh my god! 
Yeah. yeah. It's, like, been a decade since I've moved. And why doesn't it get easier, like, saying bye to them? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It does not get easier. So, I think I just need to accept that. It's just going to be hard. But I just hate saying bye to people I care about. Anyways, mm. I feel like that can be a different episode. Thing. So. I know. But I think I need to yeah. marinate more on my feelings about about like not mm-hmm. being home too. Like that's a whole other. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm going to therapy for, so it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, already talk about it. Yes. You know, you can always talk about it on a pod. Yes. How are you? Also, it was your birthday. Everybody, go say happy birthday to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm finally 24. Honestly, did not feel like. I'm 24. Oh my gosh. Like, I will be 25 next year and I'll be like a quarter, quarter life. Well, uh, yeah, I'll have my quarter life crisis. But honestly, my, my summer has been kind of boring. I think I talked about it last episode. I was in my fun employment period, but mm-hmm. I just got out of it. I started a new job this past week and. I'm really excited about it. It's a very challenging job, but I'm very excited to, you know, learn and grow in this position. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I'm not very happy about is the commute because the commute yes. is one and a half hour. So that's like three hours to spend on commute every single day. So I'm not very happy about that. Hopefully yeah. things can change in the next few months and then move out or something like that. But yeah, that is what I've been doing, I guess. Like, so I was doing a lot of job searching and then I did interview and then I accepted the job and I have a two weeks gap before I started this position. So I actually went on a little weekend getaway with my boyfriend. We went to Carmel. It's called Carmel by the Sea. Oh, I've heard of it, but Um, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's like a little town, like a very rich people town, actually. Mm. But it's gorgeous. Like the houses there are very, they're very cute. And then they have these like cottages that mm-hmm. looks like they they came straight out of fairy tales. I love the downtown area. And oh, interestingly, it's related to our topic today. It has a lot of luxury brands um. on, in the downtown area. Like for Cartier. I don't know if there's case Spade, but like Bodega, mm-hmm. or like all of these different like luxury brands over there. Yeah. So it's a pretty wealthy area. Oh, and then we did a few fun things. We did kayaking. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And then we also found like a secluded spa in Carmel mm-hmm. that is literally like an amusement park for adults. Like it's so pretty there. And you have different like jacuzzi, sauna, room oh. that you can go into. Um, you just pay one price, like one admission price, mm-hmm. and you get access to the place like for the whole day, depending on what time you go in. Mm. Oh my gosh! And it was like the best experience ever. Really? I would definitely go back there. It's called Refuge Spa. It's so nice. Like, and then it, they also don't allow any electronic devices there. So like. For that, like, we were there for three hours. For that three hours, you just, like, take your mind off of everything, all the social media, and then you literally just, like, stay in the jacuzzi and then stare at, like, they have a lot of trees and stuff, too. And Mm -hmm. the lighting is really nice at night. Um, It's like an enchanted forest at night. Wow. Very, very cool. It reminds me um, Um, of those Japanese, like, spa theme parks or those, like, cocktail theme parks. Where there's yeah. like different themed yeah. hot tubs, yep. rooms and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I didn't know we had that. It's very That's cool. nice. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was so nice. But um, something that would, uh, was like kind of like a regret was I didn't get to go to the beach because mm. it's really interesting how like foggy it could get. Like it would get super foggy in like one area and then you drive five minutes away and it would be like bright and sunny again. Mm. So when we went to the beach, the Carmel Beach was like the most popular beach over there. On that day, it was cold and cloudy. So we had we drove a little far away to another beach, and it was sunny over there, but just the beach was not as nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I still get to enjoy the sun a little bit. And、um, a realization that I had in this trip is I realized so. Going into this trip, I booked a hotel with a swimming pool, thinking that oh my gosh, I'm gonna have so much fun in the pool. And I realized I'm actually a grown woman now, and swimming pools are actually for kids only. <laughs> What? There's so no, I don't know. Like there's just so many little kids at the swimming pool. I guess it's also the resort is mostly、mm. families, mostly for families. And then I feel so awkward being at the inside the pool. Like it's、oh, just a bunch of kids playing those like those like what swim noodles thingy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I was like, like... you can hear like kids screaming. So、oh. I don't feel comfortable going into it, which was a part that I really look forward to because I haven't been in a swimming pool in like years, and I really like swimming. But、um, the pool is really small, anyway. So, but they didn't get to do that. Hopefully, next time, like when I go to a hotel, it will be like、mm. an infinity pool, and then I can actually swim and enjoy it there. But yeah, it's interesting because as a kid, I don't really think about those things. I'm like, oh yay, pool, and then I jump right in.、Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, wow, I guess I'm not at that age anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Do they have an age limit for only the children who could go in? They but... don't, but I just feel like awkward. It's just a bunch、mm-hmm. of moms and dads like by the pool watching their kids, and their their kids are like inside a pool. Yeah,、playing. and you don't want to swim in a pool with the kids. You know how in Hong Kong, like the pools that we really go to are the like public swimming pools where there's like lanes in it where people are like training, yeah, swimming. Yeah, and at least in those, there's like designated lanes where people can swim. Yeah. And then、yeah. the kids play in like the shallow end and stuff, and then yeah, the adults like actually swim. But yeah, yeah. we I guess that's not how pools operate here. Yeah, and like、yeah. that's a whole other thing. But like, there are not that many public schools here, and like the public pools seem、yeah. kind of disgusting. I yeah. can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think I've seen. I've seen one public pool near us, but it's always rented out. Or not rented out, but it's always used by like a swimming coach, and she would, he would like teach the kids swimming, so it's always full.、Um, mm, I but I, I don't know. I feel like since COVID, I'm like、uh, I don't want to go to a pool or like a public pool or just a pool in general because I'm like germs. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was a very long catch up. I know. I feel like we needed it because、yeah. it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we briefly, Summer briefly mentioned this when she was talking about how there was a lot of brand names, luxury brands, at Carmel, right? Carmel by the Sea.、Um, yeah. And yeah. so today's topic, we're gonna be talking about luxury brands. I think not just specifically in Hong Kong, but also just in Asia in general, and even like Asians in America. And I've always wanted to talk about this, but I felt like we didn't have time to do the research to talk about this because it's it's just something I've always been interested in. Every time I would go to Hong Kong, I would see everyone wearing the same bags, specifically bags. I think also the same jewelry. Actually, a lot of people have like same brands of jewelry that they would wear in belts and bags. And I was always really interested in why people in Hong Kong and I think in Asia too are just so obsessed with brand names. Like, what about it makes them, you know, want to buy it, given the price, right? Like, these are like a thousand U.S. dollars plus, or like ten、um, thousand, like twenty thousand Hong Kong dollar things, items. And it's funny because. I mean, you know Canton Road in Hong Kong, Guangdong、yeah. Do. So basically, that street is like the brand name street, which I、mm-hmm. um, noticed it more recently. Like now, as an adult, I've noticed, I've noticed how highly packed with brand names that street is, and how people like treat it as like a tourist attraction. Like I know a lot of people come to Hong Kong to shop because a lot of people from China come. I think there's just more variety, and maybe it's cheaper. Oh yeah, yeah. I read an article about how the taxes are cheap, lower in Hong Kong, so the、mm. overall price is actually cheaper in Hong Kong too. Do they get tax refund? I don't know.、Not、Probably、sure. if they're tourists. But I've noticed that people have started taking pictures with the stores, like 
like like oh, china yeah. influencers have started like posing on that street with all these brand names and i think also as like me and like people our age are getting into our working you know that we are actually working we're making income i've noticed a lot of my friends and also myself like being more interested in purchasing brand names and being more like have brand names being more of a topic that we wouldn't like notice we didn't notice when we were younger so I've always been interested in this topic. And a funny experience that we had in Paris. This was so funny because we basically, we stumbled into this mall. It's kind of like Nordstrom. And it had like all these famous brand names in the store. And you know when you shop, everyone like wants to go buy things because they automatically you get like a 20 to 30% off basically, right? With tax refund. And we were in this mall with all the brand names and literally almost like 8 out of 10 people that we saw were Asian or some like Chinese, Korean, whatever it may be. Asian. A lot of Chinese though. I heard a lot of people speaking Chinese. And then we were like, what the heck? Are we in Hong Kong right now? Like, like Mandarin? Both. There was actually a lot of people speaking Cantonese too. Oh. And then I was like, what the heck is happening? It's literally, and we're like, are we transported to Hong Kong? Because it feels like we are in Hong Kong, given that there's a lot of Mandarin also in Hong Kong. So that also made me really want to talk about this topic. Because what is it about Asian cultures or people in Asia or Asian people who that like brand names so much? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting because I actually have a very similar experience in san jose so you know how san jose has the has the valley fair mall and it also Mm. has a lot of luxury brands in those malls and i go there like quite often and i think like just in general san jose has a lot of asians too and every time i go there i just see a, a lot of asians wearing like luxury brands like i feel like eight out of ten of them are wearing some type of like brand name like dior Balenciaga, Supreme, mm. all of that, like, all over. And there are also a lot of people lining up outside of luxurious brand store. And I've also seen people taking pictures in front of those stores. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I've never seen that in, in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think um, it's a pretty interesting topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, But before we dive into the why people love luxury brands, so much let's like align on what luxury brands are so luxury brands can refer to brands with product attributes such as high quality high level aesthetics and high premiums at the same time it can also be defined as a brand that can bring value attributes such as uniqueness and social status to consumers and research have suggest that consumers purchase luxury goods not just to meet basic life needs, but for the fact that the symbolic value of luxury brand increases consumers' self-esteem and extent of recognition by others. And they might also meet the emotional requirements of individuals. And some examples of luxury brands include brands like Armani, Dior, Balenciaga, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Prada, Tiffany, all of that good stuff. When you said it meets the emotional requirements, that is so true because I feel like anyone who buys brand names, they're it's like you're going you're listening to your emotions and not your brain, right? Like who logically yeah. would pay $1500 for like a bag that serves the same purpose as like a $50 or even cheaper bag. And so that's so true. It's 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 literally everything else associated with the bag that people are wanting and not the bag because you can get a bag that is not that price like for practical mm. use right like if you want some if you just want yeah it's not practical at yeah all. i think it's all psychological and emotional and how mm-hmm. that bag makes you feel it's all about the external values that it bring well yeah, external well actually internal to your value that it brings yeah. to you but it's like more than the physical object itself yeah yeah so 
talking about Hong Kong and how Hong Kong become became such a hub for brand names and how people are so obsessed with brand names, we're going to talk a little bit about the historical and cultural influences. So as you all know, Hong Kong was ruled by British or by Britain <laughs> for 99 years. And during British colonial rule, Hong Kong became a hub for international trade and commerce. The International economic environment exposed Hong Kong to diverse cultures and products, which encouraged openness to foreign influences, which are the Western luxury brands. And after the war, due to industrialization, there is a rise of textiles, clothing, electronics, and labor-intensive production, which generated wealth and opportunity for a lot of people in Hong Kong. And because of that, a lot of people benefited during this time and billionaires like Lee Ka-sheng, Lee Ka-sheng was born. And he's like, you know, very well known to be one of the richest people in general, in the world, actually. Um, in the world. Yeah. yeah, in the world. And people who were once living in this fishing village, now they have access to resources and opportunities for advancement. And also they're exposed to westernization and Owning luxury goods then became a tangible way to demonstrate this new social status and success. And I wonder too, maybe it's because like Hong Kong really had to go through like the people who grew up during the wartime really experienced a lot of hardships. And maybe that was also a reason of why like now that they've made money and they've had this hard earned success, they also want to symbolize that. So I wonder if it's also because of our history of like Hong Kong being like a poor fishing village before we open up for international trade. Yeah, I feel like that is also true for China too. Mm -hmm. Because during, I think during the Cultural Revolution, a huge population of China was actually very poor. It wasn't until like recent decades in the two, 10 to 20 years that the manufacturing industry in China literally boomed and like everything now is made in China and that gave a lot of wealth to the people who were once very poor because of the Cultural Revolution. And I think this, like with, like you said, with the new disposable income, now they have extra money to buy things to demonstrate their status and success. And another thing that I feel like it's maybe interesting to talk about is how most luxury brands are actually from the West. They yes. are white people luxury brands. Like you've never, I don't think I've ever heard of a luxury brand that has come from like East Asia or like any other countries, to be no, honest. No, it's usually um, from Europe, actually, right? A lot of the bag mm -hmm. brands are, from are Europe. European. Not even in the US. Yeah, no. there's not even any US designer brands. And I think that's really interesting because I wonder if it's because of imperialism and colonialism. And during that period, people built this association with Western brands or things that they use with status and modernity. Mm. And that kind of ideal is still continuing until now. Yeah, that's so true because when we were ruled by Britain, obviously, you know, the British people who were mostly in governmental positions who came to Hong Kong, they were obviously of higher status. And I wonder if they, I don't even know if brand names were a thing back then, but they probably associated like certain items that the higher class and the white British people had that the commoners like local hong kong people didn't have yeah and they would make that connection of like oh this is western western equals higher class higher status higher money like higher income yeah i didn't think about that yeah but yeah. i think it's also very interesting like how human ourselves we have this drive to chase after status and how people see us and mm -hmm. I feel like now we can dive more into like the social and status symbolism factors behind why people love luxury brands so much. And I feel like there are four main characteristics about Hong Kong culture or like maybe Asian culture in general. Maybe I can speak about like 
I would say Chinese culture. Yes. In general, that maybe fuels people's preference for luxury items. So first of all is prestigiousness. Um, in Chinese, there's a term called 面子, and the literal translation to English is face, and that refers to a person's dignity, prestige, reputation, and honor. And in general, I think in Chinese culture, there's a very huge emphasis on 面子, like you have to look good for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also very interesting, like the idea of means is not just about you individually. A lot of times, like that means your individual means it also affect your family. Yes. Or even yes. the work, the workplace, the workplace. You yes. Know? No, I was literally trying to explain like you mean like means basically to George because I didn't know like how to explain it. Because <laughs> how do you explain like? So I kind of said it was like showing up and how that is respectful to those people like sometimes because uh, means is kind of like show face right like you don't want to disrespect other people and you would want to show up for them whether that be that event or doing something for them so yeah that's very funny because i didn't really know how to explain what means meant in mm-hmm. english yes anyways i think reputation would be a good translation mm. for it reputation and prestige mm-hmm. yeah and anyways so hong kong as a society um has a very strong emphasis on manzi or social hierarchy status and class distinction are important markers that shape interaction and relationship so how you what class you belong in will also affect how you interact with people around you or how other people see you and how they will interact with you. Mm -hmm. There's a quote that we found, a different class system is being created where your Chanel suits and your Cartier watch mark your place in society. So these designer brands also act as status markers, helping individuals demonstrate their social positions. The type of brand, product, and even the exclusivity of the item can communicate nuance of one's status, aka their manzi. And in today's Asia, a lot of people say that you are what you wear. And those Gucci bags aren't just female indulgence, neither are the Armani suits and Rolex watches just male vanity at work. They're also a part of a new social protocol where your identity and self-worth are determined by the visible brands on your body. A new luxury brand-defined social order is replacing old ways of marking social status. I think this is actually very interesting and something that I don't know if, it, if I was just being like super self-conscious or if it's actually real, but I remember walking into a designer brand store in Hong Kong. And, you know, like, I, I'm a fairly cheap person. Like, I buy all of my stuff off of, like, I don't know, like, Amazon. And, like, I go to Hong Kong and buy really cheap clothes. But, like, when I walk into those stores, I feel like the people don't really talk to me. Like, they judge in, like, you. I'm not... They judge you. It's yeah. like, well, this person is not going to bring business to us, so I don't need to talk to her. Exactly. But I I did get like a luxury bag for like as a gift, mm-hmm. and when I'm wearing the bag, it's just emotion. Like it's an emotional thing again. Emotionally, I just feel like more entitled when mm. I'm walking to the store and be like, "You cannot ignore me anymore." Even though this is just a gift, I still can't afford those bags. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so interesting that you said that because I feel like. In Hong Kong specifically, like, the salespeople are very judgy. Unless, like, you walk in and you act like you know what you're doing. Like, you need to come in with, like, research and, like, know the names yes. of, the, of the bags. And, like, know the mater- the different materials that they have and the different accessories that they have. Or else they'll be really rude to you because they know that you, you are not familiar and you won't buy stuff. And I, I have just ignore you. Yeah, and I have actually really funny, not funny, but, like, interesting memory, too where I was with two friends and we were in, um, where were we? We're in Central. And we were like, you know, just walking, window shopping. And there's a lot of brand names in Central. And so we walked into a Dior store because my friend wanted to look at a bag there. And then she was like, 
oh, I I don't want to go in because I feel like they're going to judge me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to go in and look at stuff and not buy it. And like, you know, she doesn't want to feel like judged. And she felt like ashamed Mm. to be walking in, even though she was using her well-earned money to buy the bag. So I was like, okay, I don't know much about Dior, but I will ask the questions for you. Because I feel like as maybe I'm not as aware of like the social cues in Hong Kong because yeah you know I've been abroad for so many years and I'm just kind of like whatever who cares you know I feel like that also adds to me like not caring as much of what people think of me because I've been away and I can just be like oh yeah I've been away so you know you can judge me whatever so then I walked in and I was like trying to ask the people questions of like the bags and like for my friend and I guess I didn't really feel judgment from them because I guess I was just asking in a very like not I know what I'm doing, but like, I'm not ashamed, you know, way. Mm -hmm. And then I was reflecting on why my friend felt that way, why she felt ashamed to purchase or even ask questions about the bag. And I guess something about Hong Kong sales people just, I don't know if it's entitlement. I don't think it's entitlement. It's probably just like them doing business in that, but it it makes it very exclusive. And it, it also deters people from feeling comfortable you know and we're feeling like oh I am good enough to buy this bag I am prestigious enough to buy this bag it's just very exclusive yeah that is a very interesting point too because I think like I read research about how that itself can actually be a tactic to make the brand feel exclusive that like Mm. it's something that everybody wanted like you need to be worthy to buy the bag and another yeah. like, tactics that a lot of brands do is i remember walking in hong kong and i want to go to the celine store mm-hmm. and to look at bags right for some reason there are only like probably two customers in that freaking store but then they dare to ask us to go line up outside <laughs> until those two customers come out and then i waited for like 10 minutes and then they still haven't came out yeah and then i'm like okay fine i'm just leaving like there's so many instances like this like they just want to create uh an illusion of exclusivity about their brands yeah to make it seem more desirable unreachable like only the people who are worthy can buy our bags yeah no that's so true because um when i went with my friend again to an lv store <laughs> on canton road which is like the you know brand name street she wasn't there yet so i was just walking around inside i was waiting for her and then they have one person follow you around right they don't let you roam around because all these goods are so luxurious and so rare and god forbid you touch anything and that i feel like that also makes it feel like oh my gosh it's this like big thing untouchable thing and i thought what was interesting when i went to singapore when i was shopping there too is that it's so opposite from how hong kong luxury stores are because hong kong, in singapore everything cuz you know how in hong kong like you need to they're on the shelves and you ask the associate and they bring it down for you they do it for yeah. you you don't really go yeah, up to it yeah. and you touch it right but in singapore yeah. People were allowed to just touch the things like I was touching the bags and I was like opening stuff and trying stuff on. It felt very like relaxed environment. And I feel like interesting. Yeah. And and the salespeople were very, very friendly and they were like explaining things to you. So I felt very comfortable in that in those stores. And it was really funny because I've always had this image of where Chanel is just very high class and very like, oh, you can't touch the leather because it's lambskin and you don't want to damage it. But then uh-huh. when I was in Singapore, I was like touching all these bags and, you know, carrying all and opening all these bags. And suddenly I felt like, oh, it's not that much better than like a cheap bag anyways, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, so- another thing is that there's always a line outside with Chanel. Always. The line is always the longest, too. Yeah. I don't know, in my experience. Yeah, yeah. That, and I feel like... When I was in Paris, a lot of people were lining up for Louis Vuitton. And and something I noticed, too, now, is that, like, especially in Hong Kong, too, that there has been a lot of more, like, luxury stores that are, like, these random brands. But we don't know what those brands... They're, like, these new brands. And my mom keeps saying that they're trying to become brand names, like, you know, the famous brand names because they know that that will 
immediately up the price like if they make it this luxurious thing it will immediately up the price when obviously Mm -hmm. you know a bag shouldn't cost a thousand dollars and so i feel like that's interesting there's these new businesses emerging trying to replicate the same feel that you would get with these luxury brands but they're unknown. Yeah, a lot of streetwear, right? A lot of streetwear is also like that. Supreme mm-hmm. is always like that. They yeah. always have security guard outside. Yeah. They have this line thingy outside to make you line up for it too. Yeah. So, yeah. so definitely the marketing strategies to play it. But I also think yeah. like the Hong Kong, you know, looking down upon you mentality is also a very social um, <laughs> yeah. result of how the the society views like these luxurious brands i think um, that might be tied to the next point i'm going to dive into which is the competitiveness of hong kong people the competitive nature of hong kong society like often drive individuals to strive for success and distinction and the desire to stand out and excel often translate into a need to outcompete or keep up with their peers Mm. And designer brands are seen as a tangible symbols of achievement. They provide a concrete representation of success, acting as reward for hard work and dedication. And people often buy luxury goods as a gift of accomplishment. They want to reward themselves for their hard work by treating themselves to something they typically could not afford. That is so interesting because when you said it translates to them trying to keep up with their peers, that is basically like keeping up with trends, right? Because brand names come out with new bags every year. And if they want to keep up with their peers who are buying also these new bags, then they're going to keep buying bags to keep up with the trend. I feel like that's also interrelated. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was talking about it, another thought also kind of popped up is I wonder if our education system actually embed this competitive nature in us because when we're in school we are always competing against each other based on our grades our score and then when you go to university it's about what university you go into Mm -hmm. when you go into the workplace it's about which company you work in how much you make and what kind of bread bread <laughs> what kind of bags <laughs> and brand name yeah you, um you carry yeah so like as you grow up like that i can see how well now your success is not measured by your grade time anymore it's about how much money you make mm-hmm. and to show how much money you make you use like these luxury brands to show it off right that's so interesting because in school i don't know if you had this you probably did because local school but we had rankings <laughs> of who was like the top three in the class like grade wise yeah. and then you would get an award yeah. for that and then you know the teacher would tell you what your ranking position was in class like you know where you yeah. would fall and I mean yeah we're conditioned to that we're conditioned where grades and ranking defines our success and I feel like even like not prestige but in school we used to have these like famous famous students who were older than us that like the younger students would like admire and like kind of like idolize I don't know if you had that at your school Mm -hmm. we had like these idols that people would like idolize and and um really become like fans of them and I don't know if I mean I went to an all-girls school too and I feel like that also perpetuated that too but people outside of grades they would also try to get into these positions of like whether you're a house official or whether you're like a club president or in the student association where you would be more recognized and well known and popular in school too Mm, um yeah so even outside of grades you're also socially unspokenly placed into a ranking of um you know where you fall and because our school was so small, and I think also because Hong Kong gossip culture is so prominent, that those two things combined also leads to like a more defined hierarchy. And that also probably translates into needing affirmation probably from these, not superficial, but these like external things which manifest into material things, like as an mm-hmm, adult. Mm-hmm, great. Yes. 
And so the next factor that's very prominent in Hong Kong culture and Chinese culture is the collective mindset. Luxury items usually come with a sense of belonging to a certain social group. And they help individuals identify with a certain lifestyle, community, or societal segment. And being part of the uh, subset of the society that affords luxury brands creates a sense of belonging for them with, you know, the people of the same class, kind of maybe similar backgrounds, and also reinforces connections and shared values. And so this was very interesting to me, too, when I was researching, because I was like, that's so true. You're, You're not buying just the bag for practical use you're buying a lifestyle that comes with the brand you're buying how other people see you like you're buying all these like affirming things that comes with this item and that is supposed to be just you know an item that you wear (laughs) and that also leads into like how it's related to self-esteem too because someone's self-esteem can also be a reason to why they want to buy luxury goods and this Mm, may be true for people who cannot afford them and like we were talking about this before but you were saying how a lot of the target um consumer group to luxury brands is the middle class right Mm -hmm. yeah i think i was just doing research and people are saying how if you're actually wealthy like uh Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg type of level, you probably, as we can all see, like they don't they don't wear like designer brands mm-hmm. or whatever because they are secure in themselves that they are wealthy. I think secure, like being secure, is a very mm-hmm. important point here. Mm-hmm. Is that when you're actually wealthy, you know, you already know that you're wealthy. You do not need some designer brand to show off and prove to other people that you're wealthy. Mm. I think also this is a very like Asian um, mindset because I feel like there's a lot of wealthy Asian, you know, people who still like obsess and indulge yeah. in brand names, like crazy rich Asian. Yeah, and also yeah. like I feel like in the u.s like maybe like mark zuckerberg he's you know billionaire or maybe i don't know what billionaire he is but (laughs) he um i feel like people are more practical like rich people in the u.s are more practical with their spending like they probably will invest it in houses or houses yeah this mansion yeah yeah so i guess it's just the things that they spend it on are different but there's also a lot of celebrities in america who also have brand names like the kardashians everything that they have is brand names but i think it's less concentrated than in asia yeah i agree yes and another factor is that people in asia uh, in china hong kong are more materialistic because hong kong is a consumer society a lot of people children and youth are exposed to tremendous amounts of advertising and marketing and these messages encourage them to consume to buy the latest models and even spend beyond their means and so this materialistic culture further exacerbates the pursuit of designer brands in hong kong which we kind of talked about how like ads and marketing really target pull people in mm-hmm. and it's everywhere yeah. like if you think and about then, it yeah and then because like there's just so many shopping malls in hong kong and i think like hong kong probably has is one of those cities that have the most designer brand store mm. in one city yeah like there's yeah. just so many different like opportunity for you like they make it so easy for you to purchase I think people are also perpetuating each other too because everybody on the like when when you see so many people on the street carrying luxury bags you kind of wonder like should I be carrying like should I also purchase that should I be like that and I think also Hong Kong trends like come and go so fast Um, but I do think that the Hong Kong um, fashion scene I guess is evolving where people are becoming more expressive especially with Y2K I think people are trying not to conform to like the norm of you know how you should be dressing but still there's like such a plethora but that is still a trend in itself that's true that's true you know yeah but there's such a plethora of cons like so many people you see every day and just so many people congregated in areas where you just notice 
the bad like every time I'm in Hong Kong I notice like I don't count but I notice so many people wearing brand names and then it makes me think like maybe I should like now that I'm you know in my mid-20s like maybe I should also be wearing brand names but yeah this is just to say that you know people are people who consume luxury goods are not just buying a product but they're buying it basically everything that we talked about the lifestyle social status sense of belonging exclusivity i don't want to say entitlement because i don't think everyone not necessarily everyone but you know a lot of people think that because they can either afford or wear it that they're more entitled mm-hmm. yeah. and oh also i think one thing that i forgot to mention is i found it really interesting how you know we feel like competitiveness is one of the reasons why people want to, like, it's one of the ways how Hong Kong people try to stand out from their peers. But at the same time, there's also another force of, like, collectivism that is, like, telling people to be, like, to com- conform to the norm. Mm. So what do you think about that? Like, one one thing is telling you, okay, you need to stand out. And then there's also another idea telling you that you need to conform. I think that you people are conditioned to stand out in like the same things, if that makes sense. Like with with grades, you're told to stand out because you're doing well, but it's still within the category of grades. You're told to stand out in, um, I guess in school, like you're told to stand out in a sport, but you're still standing out in that sport. You're not like... Yeah, I feel like you're people like aren't standing given... out in a. I feel like you're standing out in a desired category. Yes, like yes. in a in a category that's people seen as good or it's like okay. Like for example, like it's okay to stand out as not like the way you dress. It's okay to dress like very expensive, luxurious. But at the same time, if you dress like a, I don't know, like a rapper, that mm-hmm. is also a style in its own, a way to stand out in its own, but it's looked down upon. Yeah, and I think also with, like, um, I guess with jobs, right? You're told to stand out and excel at your job, but, like, what is considered to be success a successful job to stand out in? You know, like, lawyer, doctor. I feel like those are the those are the things when you say, like, oh, I'm a doctor, and people are suddenly like, oh, my gosh, which I experienced with my cousin when we were in Hong Kong where she said she was a doctor. She's an optometrist. No, not optometrist. She's an eye doctor. I mean, that's different from optometrist and we were at the hairdressers and she said oh I, i'm a um, eye doctor and everybody in the hair salon which is like three people was like oh so i feel like really yeah <laughs> and they told her to come that's to so hong funny. kong to work because hong kong needs doctors but um yeah i think you mentioned it last time i think so but yeah i think you can stand out but in the desired fields you can stand out yeah in your work but mm, only if you are right, a doctor right, right. only if you are a lawyer you know mm, yes 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 that yes yes so yes, much yes. so much yes sense. okay and we were talking about marketing right and i think a very important aspect of marketing especially nowadays is celebrity influence and social media so uh, nowadays brands like make use of social media and influencer to help promote the brand with social media, the popularity of the internet and development of social media technology have basically changed the pattern of how brands communicate with its customers. Brands can now communicate with consumers through brand communities, fan pages, social media channels, and research have also shown that commodity information provided by luxury brands directly impact consumers' perception of uniqueness brand prestige and artistic appreciation and also nowadays there are a lot of celebrity endorsements which also provide a sense of aspiration and prestige positioning their brand as synonymous with the glamour and success associated with these individuals and i think i I can give examples in the u.s right like there are a lot of celebrities who are who partnered with luxury brands like Billie Eilish, partnered with Gucci, like you said, Kim Kardashian. I think she owns a lot of the Hermes bag. Even with like perfume brands, we also often see a lot of celebrities representing those brands as mm-hmm. well. 
I think even if they were not paid to do the brand deal, just them like bringing that product out in the open or just saying like, oh, I use it already like brings a lot of attention to the brand. Yeah, they're literally walking billboards for Mm -hmm. the brand. And I mean, this is so true, like that you want to aspire to be them. I think especially like when I was younger, I don't know if you had someone that you really looked up to like a celebrity, but I was I really, really liked Selena Gomez. And I don't know if that's because she was I thought she was white, to be honest, when I was younger, because she looks white. So I don't know if it was because, like, I was really into the Western pop culture or just, like, her lifestyle. And I would really, really want to be like her. Like, I want to look like her. And even Vanessa Hudgens, like, in High School Musical, I wanted to look like her. I wanted to style my hair like her. So I can see how this would work at, for adults where you see someone that you you really like, a celebrity that you really like, and you see them carrying that product and you want to look like them which would make you want to buy that thing to look like them. Yeah, I don't know if you've had that <laughs> experience. Um, well, you know, like my, my childhood, um, I like grasshopper. I don't know. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> but now, now I, I actually like Jenny. Um, mm. And she actually like represents a lot of different brands like Calvin Chanel, Klein, Chanel. Yeah. yeah like, and all she, she wears is Chanel. Maybe that's part of her yeah. brand deal, but I don't know. All they like, probably right. They get all the black stuff have somewhere. some like some brand deal. I think Giso is Gucci. Dior. I'm gonna talk about her next. Dior. That's, oh, that's leading into yeah, our okay. next part. Okay, so talking about Blackpink, uh, a lot actually <laughs> a lot of idols, celebrities are associated with luxury brands, and it's very very popular in Asian countries. I think in hong kong too but i feel like because hong kong's celebrities aren't like worldwide i mean some of them are but a lot of them are yeah. like they very... have local campaigns too with like yes. mirrors. I yes i think they do have those brand new. they're very concentrated within hong kong but mm-hmm. in korea since now there's so much um korean pop culture that is here in the u.s i feel like that's like on a bigger level that they have way more impact so blackpink's jisoo was named dior's global ambassador in 2021 which was like what two i didn't realize it was that recent two years ago and according to the luxury korean e-commerce called must it it stated that just with the announcement of the autumn winter 2021 collection the products have been constantly sold out and even dior sales increased by 484 percent i don't know how accurate this is because i'm like that's a lot but yeah each of the blackpink members have represent a luxury brand and even like i think even the male celebrities too like bts i know v from bts represents celine and and i feel like it's also an honor not honor but i feel like you look at them and you're like oh my gosh they're representing such this famous brand and it's different it's a different like feeling when they're representing all these luxury brands like you feel yeah, like oh they've made like, it they're they're the biggest people mm-hmm. in the world now they've made it and then i feel like it also kind of changes your perception of the brand like for example blackpink i think each one of the blackpink members have like very distinct personality mm-hmm. and by like attaching like like jenny she's like sexy and cute right and like by like pairing chanel with jenny it just makes the brand a lot sexier than it actually yeah, is yeah know? it's like when i'm wearing like a jenny bag i can feel like i don't know sexy and cute like jenny. yeah that's so true <laughs> and then with jisoo she's like the girly one right she's the more like girly feminine one and i feel like dior is very girly and feminine their products and so i think people associate that aesthetic also with dior mm-hmm but yeah, and other than like idols and celebrities being brand ambassadors, there has been more influencers like marketing and being ambassadors for luxury brands. And I think this is also very catered towards Gen Z because Gen Z would probably much rather buy from people that they follow and they know that they, they know their life, especially if the product is pricier. And that's so interesting, too, because with the rise of influencers, like they're different from celebrities in the sense that we actually mm-hmm. know their life and they're we feel like they, we know them. But with celebrities, they're like this untouchable person. So that's actually like very interesting marketing strategy, too. And so an example is 
I don't know who this is, but apparently he's a very famous TikToker. Francis Bourgeois. Um, he had a collab with Gucci. <laughs> really? That's French, right? Bourgeois? But Bourgeois. I, I, I would have said like Bourgeois or something. You make it sound so French. His and, name and, is... And like elegant. Bourgeois. Like Bourgeois. Yeah. Bourgeois. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and he recently collaborated with Gucci as promotional material for Gucci's exquisite Gucci show in Milan in which Francis released three TikTok videos and the videos have gotten, you know, like 600k, 700k views on TikTok despite only having been up for one week. So their new... Yeah, it's not that money. But still, I wonder if he actually, like, raised the sales of Gucci. But I feel like, too, like, with the new generation, they're more into vintage, right? They're more into thrifting. They're more into, like... I feel like the trend with brand names is very much like a millennial or like very not gen z mm, i think it's because gen z is not at the age where they can make money yet We're maybe yeah yeah you know gen z is still like uh, the people younger than us right like we're borderline gen z right yeah but then i feel like the people who are even like two years younger than us they maybe they do maybe i don't know that many gen zers but from social media, it doesn't seem like they That's really true. chase brand names that much. And they are working. People two years younger than us are working. Yeah, but I don't know. I oh, guess it that's is in cons- the U.S., though. That's true. It is that's in the, in the US. U.S. True, 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 true. In, in Hong Kong. True. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, Gen Z in the U.S. and maybe Gen Z in Hong Kong, do, we, do you feel like you see the same love for luxury brands here in the U.S. Is the luxury brand obsession common here in the U.S.? I think that it's less common just because we don't see as much of it. We're also spread out. But I do find it interesting because I guess when we're in college, we're in a very college area. Um, I mean, Playa Vista and Marina Del Rey is a very you know well-off area too. But because we don't see people that much... I feel like I couldn't judge, and also the the fashion he, in the U.S. is very athleisure, and yeah, I feel like yeah. you don't need brand names, or even if people are wearing yeah, brand names, exactly. it's very subtle. But in Hong Kong, everybody is dressed up really nicely. It's kind of like New York, where everybody is dressed up, you know. Yeah. So I feel like that's very specific to LA, and I I do feel like I've noticed here in Pasadena and like the the San Gabriel, you know, where a lot of Asians are living. I do see more brand names because they're, and it's usually Asian people. And I think it's a lot of Asian immigrants, like Chinese immigrants, mostly. I feel like it's not as apparent when it's like Korean immigrant or Japanese immigrant. It's like specifically Chinese immigrant where they're very flashy. So I can tell right away if they are from China, just of the way that they dress. And I wonder if that's because that's how they were brought up in china or if it's it's just because like a lot of people got super wealthy in the past 10 years Mm. like all of a sudden they they got really wealthy yeah yeah so that's been interesting i think i i feel like maybe brands have maybe brands play a factor in this too because there's this newfound wealth in china I've read articles about how, like, now brands are developing, like, marketing campaigns specifically targeted towards the Chinese population to make mm. their brands even more desirable to the Chinese market because that's basically... I think China is probably the biggest luxury market compared to all the other countries. Yeah. And that plays in a cycle of, like, people wanting luxury brands and luxury brands also pushing more product to that market yeah and i feel like per my observation i really really only see asian people wear brand names like on the street too. so i don't know what that says about us <laughs> but i guess <laughs> yeah I-, I will say very yeah very, have a very similar experience too mm-hmm. or maybe i just don't like i'm not in tune with whatever designer brands there are Mm -hmm. um like a while back i was actually like doing some research on work back Mm -hmm. um and i do see a lot of like corporate people like carrying brand name bags Mm -hmm. 
but um, I feel like they're very they're subtle. Hidden in the office, they're very hidden in the office, and then like you know we don't commute that much here in the U.S. You probably drive. Car. Yeah, like you're always yeah. indoor. Maybe you just don't see it that much. That's so true, um, though. Too like you're not there's no opportunity for you to like show off your bag, really. Yeah, 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 and also I feel so, like. You don't want to bring it out, like if you're commuting, because I feel like that's also an opportunity for someone to rob you, too. Yep, exactly, exactly, especially in San Francisco. Yeah, I would not risk that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think your point about like as leisure is also really true here. Like our version, I feel like our version of luxury brands here is probably Lululemon. Oh yeah, Hello. Yeah, all that stuff. Like my version of luxury brands, like I don't go to like buy very expensive bags and stuff. I think the most expensive items that I own is probably from Lululemon. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so yeah. true, and I feel like even Aritzia. Aritzia, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that that genre of clothing, but yeah. But with that, I guess, do you have any experiences with luxury items? And I mean, I mean, you were also talking about how you were gifted one and how you felt. While you were wearing it, so that would be my only、um, experience with it. To be honest,、mm-hmm. I mean, I guess when I was like getting the bag, I can see how how different the salesperson can be when they know that we're actually buying it.、Mm. Like they're really pushy in general,、really? and they try to really try really hard to kiss kiss ass. Mm, yeah, I feel like it's a very short-term gratification because I was actually talking to my therapist about my relationship with money because growing up I never had to worry about money, and so I feel like I have this weird relationship with money. When I started making my own money, I was like, I started being very frugal, but then also at the same time when I started making my own money, I was like, oh, maybe I should, you know, buy something for myself. And It was after I came back from Hong Kong too, where I was like, "Oh, maybe I kind of want a bag," you know. I think part of it is also like, okay, you can like the style, but I think I was in a very weird place with my financial spendings. So I did purchase <laughs> a small. I purchased it on、um, a resale website. On I forgot what what I think it was Rebag or something. I purchased a small pink Chanel bag. And I feel like after I bought it, I regretted it, and I don't. I feel like I don't even use it that much, just because I like try to baby it, and I don't want to like, you know, like. And I'm like, why am I using this bag? Or bought, why did I spend this money on this bag if I'm not even gonna use it? Like, if I feel scared to use it, and I don't even want to use it because I feel like I would be judged. Also, like I feel like weird. Wearing it, like I don't want to feel like it's a status like booster or.、Mm. So I feel like I feel the opposite when it comes to that. Like people would feel like, oh, I want people to look at my bag, but for me, I'm like, I don't want that. Which is also why I'm like, why did I buy it <laughs> in the first place? But I think I also like wanted to get something for myself because I started working. That was when I worked at my old job, and I mean, it was as much as I made in a month, you know. Which is when you put it into perspective, it's like. Why and also it's it was cheaper than my rent, but still, you know, it was like a month's rent money. So I think、yeah. that that like instant gratification like fades away really quickly. But then I find myself going back and looking and browsing on these sites to look at them, but I never actually buy them. But I like looking at them because it also gives me that instant gratification of me imagining like, oh, what if I had this? Like, how would I wear it? And that's、mm. very satisfying to me. But then I never really bite the bullet. I think when I was in Singapore,、um, I was with my mom, so I bought a long jump, long champ. I don't know. My friend in high school, she was、long、like, jump, "It's、yeah. long jump." And I think with like purchases like those, even though it's, it's not like a very luxurious brand, but、yeah. it's very practical, and you know, I can actually hold stuff in it, unlike the small bag that I bought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>、um, so with stuff like that, I'm more like, okay, I can see how. I can actually be able to use this and get my use out of this, but it's a weird feeling. I think when you start looking into or like being interested in in these brands、mm-hmm. that represent so much more than you know just the bag. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I understand what you mean, but also I feel I'm not at that point. Yet. I'm looking at bags, but 
I don't. I feel like I never really bite the bullet either. I'm a pretty mm-hmm. cheap person. Yeah, it's hard to. <gasps> it's hard. It's just too much, and you really are basing it on your emotional the 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 what is it like the expectations and the life you will have is projected onto the bag which is so dumb when you think of it right yeah because it's not like it'll change anything for your life like practically it will make myself feel better though i do think that i Mm. i think i i am i'm different from you because i do get like that I guess, like, self-esteem boost when I'm, like, wearing those things. Mm-hmm. And I just feel more confident in general. But does it really worth the the price tag? No, like, really, I recently got, actually, I recently got a pair of sunglasses, and it's mm-hmm. from Prada. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, it looks good on my face, which which is why I like it. But, like, honestly, is it that different from the $30, like, sunglasses i got from amazon Mm. the shape is different but like like the lens is not really that different like what i'm really paying for is that logo exactly yeah 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 no it's funny when i when because in singapore when i was in singapore i went into the stores and i touched all the bags and stuff and i was like it really is just like a bag like I don't know what is so special about the the material, the leather that they use, but it's just a bag. But at the same time, it's not just a bag because it's the oh, brand name that you're buying. It's the name and the social implications that like come with it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I watched a video where this person buys brand names and he dissects the bag. Have you seen those? He like cuts the bag no. open. He analyzes the leather. He analyzes the, oh the gold that they use. And then he like totals up the price of it. And some of them are like, you know, like a bag, uh, like, I don't know, $5,000 bag is probably just 900, which 900 is really expensive. But if you think about it, the $4,000 is literally just the name, just the logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like this topic is very a very interesting thing. It's a very interesting phenomenon. And in very specific to Asia, and it just makes me I think reflect. It's very psychological on my... too. Mm-hmm. It makes me reflect on myself. Like it makes me catch myself sometimes when I want to indulge. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we'd we'll love to hear you guys' experience with luxury brands if you have any. Yes, please let us know, especially if you are from Asia. That would be very interesting mm-hmm. because we, I think, oh, our family members that yes. are like that love luxury brands. But I never talk to them about it. Like the only person I really talk to about luxury brands is like my friend who is working as an accountant, and she was the one who I went into the Dior store with, and she felt like you know. But I think with her, I'm like, it's your hard earned money. Like, you know, you have the right to fi- be financially independent, but also responsible, right? Like. She's obviously not going to spend all of her savings, so... Yeah, so that's the only person I've really, like, had an experience with that. But I do know people who have a lot of luxury bags, but it's, like, you know, from their parents or passed down mm. to them. So I feel like that's also different, oops, in the sense that... Yeah, I don't know in the in what sense, but that's also different from, like, wanting to purchase it as a working adult. Yeah. But yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yes. Please support us by rating us on Spotify or on Apple Music. Yes. And hopefully we'll see you probably in like a month. Probably in a month. Hopefully yeah. we'll see you in a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we can keep like a month cadence with our podcast. Yes. Thank you for listening and we will see you next month. Bye. Bye.